0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Oh, <laughs> fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the Speeds and spitting Statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cipher. The, mic. the, the microphone i the one of the best yet, Dane Martinez. <laughs> Know what it is? It's your boy Dane Martinez, aka Speeds, aka the spin Statistician, and you're listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Of course, I want to give a big shout out to all of our sports byline affiliates around the country and. With the American Forces Radio Network around the world, making this a truly global show here. And I got my boy Donnie Burns with me on the ones and twos. So hot that we sweat steam. We're going to have a lot of fun here today. You know, it's a holiday Monday. If you want to get at me anytime at this hour, you can do that at 844-843-6879. We got some poll questions up because we got the first weekend of the NBA playoffs. Our poll question up tonight, you can get that at, at FNTSY Radio, that Twitter handle. You can find me, Dave Martinez, spitting speeds want to find out after the first uh, weekend of the playoff which team are you kind of the most concerned about are you the most disappointed by relative to their expectations i got four options out there because donnie burns is going to help me break it down as the fantasy freestyle nba playoffs correspondent wasn't the los angeles clippers listen if they lose to a Jazz team without Rudy Gobert. I think it could be time to break up the Clippers myself. And then some teams out east. Listen, I'm a little bit worried maybe about this three-seed Toronto Raptors. Could the Greek freak do it on them? What about the Celtics, that one seed? Obviously, we'll get into Isaiah Thomas and what happened this weekend with him a little bit later on as well. And uh, let me tell you something. LeBron James and the Cavs think that they could just flip the switch. Paul George, whether he gets the last shot or not, we will find out. But they might be in some trouble. We'll talk about that as well with my boy Donnie Burns. And, you know, I wanted to say one thing, Donnie, before we go to break. I gave you the uh, Boston Marathon happened today because it was Patriots Day. We're going to talk when we come back also about why it was a um, historic and momentous anniversary for – the Boston Marathon. Okay, we're going to come back and talk about that. We're going to put the fun in Functional Sports Radio. Big shout out, though, like I said at the top of the read, Jeffrey Kiru and Edna Kipilot, both from Kenya, winning the men's and women's Boston Marathon. We're going to come back, do the cipher, the starting lineup. Have a little bit of fun here. It's Monday. Dane Martinez, Donnie Burns holding you down. Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You know what it is. It's your boy Dane Martinez, a.k.a. The Spittin' Statistician. You're listening to the Fantasy Freestyle Live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I gave a shout out to the sports byline affiliates. And you know, it is the Boston Marathon today, so a special shout out to anybody listening on WWZN 1510 AM out there in Boston. In Massachusetts, we're also in Newton, Massachusetts on 1120 AM. and Don't forget 1470 AM in Framingham out there in Massachusetts. Happy Patriots Day to everybody. It's about the only time of year, though, you're going to hear me saying happy and patriots in the same sentence. You know, Speeds a spitting statistician, reps is J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 begrudgingly so. Um, Donnie Burns is in the building with me on the ones and twos. I want to see what he thinks about this because I know, um, you know, he's, he's with the kids, his AAU team. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But, you know, this was a historic marathon. Donnie, and I think uh, you might want to take this nugget back to your kids on the AAU team. I think the Lions, they would be it, about to go to the uh, National AAU Championships. And a little bit later, they're going to get that flight out there. I'm really excited about that. Check this out. Do you know, though, Don, today was the 50th anniversary of the first time a woman ran in the Boston Marathon. The I actually fir- did, yeah. Okay, so Catherine Switzer is her name. She was the first woman. She was actually like, they tried to kick her off the course in 1967. She entered as just like K Switzer. when, uh, And she literally said back then she thought the marathon was a man's race. In those days, they considered women too fragile to run in the marathon 50 years later, you know, obviously we think very differently. And, uh, you know, when we have these conversations about rights in our country and all, but, um, what I thought was kind of interesting, check this out. She ran it again today. She ran it again today. This woman, Catherine Schweitzer in, um, in 1967, she ran it in four hours and 20 minutes, 50 years later. She ran it in four hours and forty-four minutes. I think that's pretty impressive, Don. You think uh, fifty years later, you could uh, you could run a marathon in only twenty minutes longer than you uh, did just now? I don't now? even
2: think I could do that right now. I know that's what I'm it, saying. It, it's such a great story because the Boston Marathon was in a bad spot for. Oh yeah, after there, the bombing
1: a couple years ago. I'm, I'm for very sure.
2: happy to see it's back on its feet.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And this woman, you know, again, big shout out, tip of the cap here, at fantasy freestyle, with Catherine Switzer. You know, she. Um, She's run 30-plus marathons. She won the New York City Marathon in 1974. And uh, just in case you were wondering, women were officially allowed to enter marathons marathon starting in 1972. So I did want to make that point there as we celebrate our country uh, today. And, you know, the right for everybody to uh, run in marathons. I know all my listeners on the American Forces Radio Network, you know, feel what I'm saying here. That is what they're out there protecting and serving every day out there around the world. And we do appreciate it. Let's keep it moving, though. Get it to speeds to start and lineup here. Things you need to know about uh, Major League Baseball after the weekend. We have some injury notes after the weekend. I think it's important for you guys to know. J.A. Happ is having an MRI on his elbow. He left uh, the start last night after pain in that elbow. Keep an eye there. He has had injury issues in the past. Rich Hill left his start. Listen, Rich Hill They moved him to the DL because of a blister. He finally comes back. He leaves his start early because of the blister again. I'm starting to worry about this as a longer-term issue. Miguel Cabrera left Sunday's game, yesterday's game, with a back injury, okay? Miguel Cabrera, despite what people think, he's going to fall off the face of the earth, kind of like Albert Pujols they thought would. Listen, Miguel Cabrera is still a beast. He He had like 315 last year. He had like 38 home runs last year. So him missing any time would be problems for the Detroit Tigers and for fantasy owners. Recently, just today, just this afternoon, the Oakland A's announced that Kendall Graveman is going to the 10-day DL with a shoulder strain. Graveman was off to a pretty nice little start uh, in his first three starts. He was among the most added pitchers early on in the first couple of weeks. Sad to hear that he is going to the 10-day DL for Oakland. Matt Kemp likely returning from the DL this week on Wednesday He's coming back from a hamstring injury. Remember, I've been talking a little bit about this string of hamstring injuries at the beginning of the season. And I'm excited to share that we will have licensed, certified athletic trainer Thomas Lowe on the show a little bit later on. We interviewed him, you know, asking about a lot of the injuries that happened. And we did touch on this hamstring issue, along with a lot of other stuff we're going to play over the next couple of shows here this week. I'm really excited. And thanks again to Thomas Lowe for joining the show. Also, I've been telling you this for about a week now. Rangers manager Jeff Bannister is saying that he will meet with coaches today to discuss that closer situation, okay? Remember, I told you Sam Dyson was not the man for it. I told you it was going to be Matt Bush. Hopefully, you picked him up last week and are not late to the train. Let's keep it moving, though, here. We had the whole weekend. Remember, I gave you pitchers. I gave you pitchers all weekend. Let's hold speeds accountable, yo. I told you on Friday that I liked Danny Duffy because he was pitching against the Angels. And... On ace day, the Angels were not throwing out an ace. Yeah, Duffy got the win for you. Seven innings pitch, Warner and run, six strikeouts. I also told you that I liked that 10 o'clock matchup, that late matchup that was Astros-A's. I liked Dallas Keuchel. He got the win, seven innings, only one run, seven strikeouts. Liked him. Graveman pitched well in that game also, but obviously there was a little bit of an injury there because he did go to the DL just today. On Saturday... There were a couple pitchers I told you that I was high on that you can trust. And boy, did they come through for you. And now I'm telling you guys, look at these guys. If somehow these guys are not owned in your league, you need to go and get them right now. Right now. My boy Mikey Florio is on this guy. I've been on this guy for a while. I'm talking about James Paxton. He had another incredible outing against the Rangers on Saturday. Went eight innings, scoreless, struck out nine. I think this is the year. This guy has been a hyped fantasy darling. I've been saying it year after year. This is the year he puts it all together. Watch out for big things out of Paxton. And uh, don't look now. But Erwin Santana is 3-0 and with a 0.41 ERA. He had a complete game shutout on Saturday against the Chai Sox. He struck out eight in that effort as well. Obviously, Chris Sale went on Saturday, striking out 12. So if you like that K upside, there's a got to go. Then yesterday, you know, it was a holiday for many people. There weren't that many starters that I wanted to talk about. One of the guys that I did like was Charlie Morton. He got his st- start pushed back to today, tonight, because of a rainout out uh, for the Astros. And then also I told you about Michael Pineda and that Sunday night game against the Cards. He looked good, threw seven innings, got the win, struck out six, two earned runs. He only gave up. I was telling you in... What really I thought was the big part about that, though, was that he was going against Adam Wainwright, and I said that Adam Wainwright looked done. Wainwright gave up 10 hits in only five innings in uh, that matchup on Sunday. I'm telling you, Wainwright does not look like he used to. Let me tell you about two guys that I think you can go with tonight on Monday slate. The first one, I I like this guy. I've been talking about this guy. I liked him last start and he had a nice start last time out. I am always on this guy and it's Robbie Ray. I'm on Robbie Ray tonight at 8000 on FanDuel. I am a believer of Robbie Ray, especially when he is not pitching in that uh Hitters Ballpark that he has as home now in Arizona. When he's not in Arizona, And by association, in that division, when he's not pitching against Colorado or in Coors, I think you got to look at his starts that are not in Colorado or Arizona when you can get a chance of Robbie Ray. That upside in strikeouts, he's got 14 strikeouts and 12 innings pitched so far. That paces to another 200 strikeout season for Robbie Ray. I like him at 8,000 tonight. The other guy I like, listen. I've been big on Charlie Morton all year also. Okay, he's going up against the uh, Angels tonight at only 6400 if you want to spend down. He's rested. Obviously, he had that extra night rest because of the uh, rain out. Yesterday, And he's one of these guys that have seen an uptick in velocity in his first few starts. And his first few starts were against the Seattle Mariners. He's now going to what I think is a much easier lineup. Uh, So you might get more K potential even from a guy like Charlie Morton than you might think. He's been striking out more people. That radar gun has been up again. Remember, remember also we've been talking about it on the Fantasy Freestyle that a lot of people are going to be up because – They are measuring miles per hour differently this year. They've moved to the stat cast, which is different than how they were measuring over the last couple of years, okay? So instead of measuring the ball when it crosses the plate, they are measuring it at its fastest point, which is when it comes straight out of the pitcher's hand, okay? So that means that... You know, you're going to see an uptick in velocity in a lot of people. And I'm going to tell you the other thing. What it really means is if you see people that have a little bit of a downtick this season, that should concern you even more. Like my man, Sam Dyson, who has gone down from an average fastball of 95.2 down to 93.9. And that's even with this compensation of the new gun. So uh, I think they're about to make that move in Texas pretty soon. When we come back, I'm going to bring in my boy Donnie Burns. We're going to go into Speed Cypher. We're going to talk NBA playoffs. And then we're going to have that interview with Thomas Lowe as well. A lot of good things. Stick around. Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'll be here all hour. Holler at your boy, yo, Dane Martinez. We right here. Come back. You know what it is. This is your boy, Dane Martinez, and you're listening to the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Of course, on all our sports byline affiliates and our American Forces Radio Network as well, making this a global show with my boy, Donnie Burns, keeping it hot, making us blow up like a Samsung 7. Let's get into the site for now. I want to give you some news and notes real quick here in the NFL with the draft approaching. Bill O'Brien... Coach of the uh, Houston Texans, they are saying that they quote unquote love Patrick Mahomes. This is the kid out of Texas Tech. He is rising up a lot of draft boards. They say his arm talent is to die for. Here's the thing, though: he's another one of those quarterbacks that come out of the spread offense. He's going to have to move from Texas Tech, where and the way they call signals all the way to you know, like I mentioned before, commanding men in a huddle and the verbiage, the language, and not and the footwork. Coming behind center, so we will see. Some people are thinking that the Texans may try to get into the back end of the first half to try to get Patrick Mahomes, quarterback, out of Texas Tech. On the flip side, the Broncos are worried about last year's first-round draft pick, Paxton Lynch's workout habits. They're saying that, uh, you know, they're trying to teach him this idea of like, you know, being first first man into the gym, last man out, head in the books, and that uh, it's not going as well. This is something. You hear a lot of this smoke and fire around the draft, a lot of uh, misinformation, a lot of fake news. But I will say this, Paxton Lynch, one way or the other, you got a you got a chance, kid. You got a chance to be the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. You better have your head in the books as much as you possibly can. Of course, Trevor Simeon, the other option out there in Denver. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt still has a deal on the table with the New England Patriots, but it has not been signed yet. Makes me wonder what is that offer for? Are they lowballing Legarrette Blunt? And here's the other thing: I'm going to tell you, Legarrette Blunt, sign that deal right now. Sign it now, because you don't know what's going to happen, where these dominoes, where the other shoe is going to drop. They signed Rex Burkhead for over three million a year. They clearly have plans for him. We heard last week that Marshawn Lynch was talking about, oh, if I come out of retirement and I can't go to Oakland, I'd be down to go to New England. Of course, you'd be down to go to New England. Who's not down to go to New England, right? So, what does that mean? Maybe Adrian Peterson. You know, you got. If you're Legarrette Blunt, you need to sign that deal before you're left without a chair when the music stops. Also, a couple of retirements I want to let everybody know about here. Fantasy Freestyle, your boy Speeds the Spitting Statistician. Tip our cap to two wide receivers that helped me win my leagues and win that cash in the past. The first is Roddy White. Roddy White officially retires from the Atlanta Falcons all time. Falcons leader in receptions with 808 in yards with over 10,000, 10,863, and 6-3 and touchdowns. The pro, four-time Pro Bowler calls it quits this offseason. Also, Andre Johnson, he signed a one-day contract to retire as a Houston Texan. Um, this guy was a beast, east, and this really was one of the first people who introduced that true like big X receiver, that you 6'3", know, 6'4", six, six, big guy on the outside that we now see so often uh, Andre Johnson was really one of the first guys to do that. It was a beast in the uh, mid-2000s. Also, important to note, six, at least six Patriots are saying that they will skip the White House visit this week when the world champion Patriots go to visit the White House and the president. Um, among them, Tim Hightower and, of course, the black unicorn, Martellus Bennett. He's always outspoken. Um, Keeping it moving now, though. Here in the Cypher, we talked a little football. I want to go to basketball because we had the first weekend of the NBA playoffs. So we had four games yesterday, four, uh, four games on Saturday. Like I mentioned to you, two games going on tonight. Um, I'm bringing in Donnie Burns because he's my, he's my correspondent here on the Fantasy Freestyle. The poll question was who, is, who are you most concerned about, right? The Raptors, the Clippers, the Cavs, or the Celtics? I got to tell you the truth, Don. My answer to my own poll question Is the Cleveland Cavaliers and here's why. The answer the question correct states relative to their expectations, right? So the Clippers, I'm real worried about them potentially losing to a Utah Jazz team without Rudy Gobert. I think they might be breaking up CP three and Griffin and DeAndre Jordan and Rivers. It may that that ship may have run its course if they cannot beat the Utah Jazz without Rudy Gobert. So I'd be a little bit concerned by them. But relative to their expectations, they were only going to win this one series anyway. In my opinion. So that's why I discount the Clippers in this question. Okay. The Raptors and the Celtics. I think that's interesting. And both of them. remember, the Raptors got whacked by uh the Greek freak Giannis Atenacumpo on Saturday, uh, looking like even though Kyle Lowry is back, looking like they may struggle in that six three matchup to get out of the first round. And then uh Boston. Listen, I like this Boston team. I, I am a little bit I'm a little bit worried, though, that they don't have the experience in the playoffs that they might need. And listen, Isaiah Thomas, what he went through this weekend with his little sister passing away in the car accident. You saw probably clips of him being emotional before the game. Um So I'm not putting any blame on Isaiah Thomas or the Celtics, but it did show that maybe they didn't have that killer, that experience, that veteran presence. And against a team like the Bulls, who where Dwayne Wade, by himself, has more playoff experience than the entire Celtics lineup, that gave me a little bit cause for pause. But again relative to their expectations. These Cleveland Cavaliers, though, they think they could just flip the switch. And I don't think that happened against the Pacers uh, on Sunday. They tried like they might, but Paul George had a shot. He just hit a ridiculous three to get it close. And... uh, I, I, I don't think the Cavs are really flipping the switch as maybe they think they can. Hey, Donnie Byrne, so I'm going with the Cleveland Cavaliers here. However, on the poll, that is the lowest choice. Only 16% of the people out there agree with Speeds split and Statistician. What do you think about this, Donnie?
2: Yeah, so if we're talking relative to what people thought was going to happen, I'm agreeing with you. I'm going to go with the Cavs. And there's two teams I really want to talk about in sure. this poll. Uh, first being the Cavs. They played relatively zero defense, they played no against defense against the Pacers. And here's the thing. The Pacers were 29-12 and 12 at home, right? So the Pacers played at Cleveland. The Pacers were one Paul George fadeaway yep. away from taking a game at Cleveland.
1: Right. If you, they always say starry, series don't start until the road team wins a game, right? Exactly. And they almost did that in game one. I'm really, that's exactly the thing, right? If, if Cleveland thinks that they could, oh, just turn the switch on, they, they would have 29 and 12, the Pacers.
2: 29-12 at home for the Pacers with the Lance Stevenson that looks like a rejuvenated— right. You know what I mean? Yep. So, He's going to be
1: blowing in ears, yo.
2: There's my thing on that. And the other one I want to talk about are the Clippers. And I completely agree with you. If they can't, you know, get out of this first round, which they tend to be able to get out of the first round, but they never get past the second round. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing with the Clippers here is if you watch the end of that game, they had Jamal Crawford on Joe Johnson. Now, if I'm a coach, I don't want my. You know, 180 pound shooting guard. Because you, who can you score know Joe well. Johnson's taking the last he's shot. Clutch. That's Jesus. what Joe Johnson
1: has been doing for literally over a decade. That was his. That's eighth what game he does. shot. That's why teams sign him for that exact reason. It's like Joe Johnson and Paul Pierce. That's why you sign these dudes he's for a, this time six, of year. He's a
2: six foot eight, 200 like 48 pound guard. I, there's no way Jamal Crawford is going to be able that. Like I said, that's his eighth game winning shot in his career, which I think is the most by anyone right now. So you have Jamal Crawford, one of the worst defenders on your team, on one of the best clutch players on the other team. I don't like your play calling. You had time to switch. You right. had time to switch. I don't like the play calling. I don't like where the Clippers are going. I don't like where they're at. I think they need to be broken up. So.
1: Yep, so I agree with you, and I think ultimately that will be the case. when they, if they Even if they do get past Utah, they will not get past Golden State. In the next round, no shot. this is Speed's the spitting Statistician calling his shot right there, and so I think that will be broken up. And then you got to look at the East, man. You know, for months everybody thought it was a fait accompli that Cleveland and LeBron were going to get out of there, but I don't know, man. I think I think the Cavs are more fatally damaged. I can give you a team that I think will beat them. Listen, I, I'm going to tell you something. They're the they're now the two seed, right? Oh, they're the two seed now, uh, right? Yeah. So they would have to face Toronto in the next round if Toronto or gets there. But what if Milwaukee and the Greek Freak get there?
2: I see. Honestly, I'm not worried about either of those teams. Okay, you give me a John Wall, Washington. Well, but Wizards. that's the
1: thing. That's the thing. I was gonna say Washington, but that's not the brackets. It doesn't oh, no, fit that way. They would have to Washington. Washington have to get past you know Atlanta right right now, what and then they would have to get lightly. and then they would have to get past Boston to even see LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals. I love I love me some I love me some Wall. Wall is like rejuvenated. Wall is like matured. I I like Gortat in the middle. Listen. I'm with you, but I just don't think it'll, he'll, they'll get that far.
2: You don't think they can beat the Celtics and or the Hawks?
1: I mean, they can. But ultimately, I'm going to tell you the truth. Ultimately... I'm a little bit worried about Cleveland in that next series. I'm more worried about the,
2: Ce- the Celtics don't seem sustainable. All you got to do is double Isaiah Thomas.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. We will see. We'll see how uh, Isaiah Thomas and the Celtics are doing emotionally in this series. We'll see if they could uh, come on back and get that one against the Chicago Bulls. Thanks a lot, Don. Let's keep it moving, though, here in the Cypher. One other thing I want to get to, uh, Donnie, and I want to get your thought on this. There were spring football games in college football. This weekend, okay? Spring football getting started. And uh, there were two things that were done in these spring football games. And I've seen them before. And when I see them, I kind of think they're cute. But I want to get your thought on what you think is better. Okay, Don, right before we go to break. And remember, when we come out of break, we're going to be talking to licensed, certified athletic trainer Thomas Lowe. He's going to be talking about these hamstring injuries, the blood spinning, all sorts of information. Good friend of the show talking about us uh, for all our medical needs. But, um... In the uh, Ohio State spring game, Donnie, there was a kid, Jacob Jarvis. He um, has muscular dystrophy. He was in a wheelchair, and they let him on the field and they handed him the ball. At the end of the time, you know, and in his wheelchair, he negotiated the tacklers and got all the way to the end zone. You know, some of the guys in defense were like, you know, fake diving at him, pretending to tackle him, and you know, he scored. And I, you know, I think it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful scene. Also, in uh, in the Nebraska spring game. We had Staff Sergeant Matthew Hawk coming back from Afghanistan. His family didn't know, right? He dressed up as a player. They had like a ceremonial coin flip at midfield at the beginning of the game. And then he like took his, you know, helmet and uh, pads off. And it was revealed to be, you know, the father coming back from war. So I wanna what I want to do is when we come back from break after the interview, I want to get you some time to think about it, Don. Which of these touching moments that happened at spring games, you know, warms your heart Just a little bit more Because I know Don I know you're all about the kids Okay So when we come back here On the Fantasy Freestyle We're going to play that uh, Part one Of my interview With licensed certified trainer Thomas Lowe We get into some injuries At the beginning of the baseball season And then we're going to feel Which spring game moment Does Don like better I'm your boy Dane Martinez A.K.A. The Spittin' Statistician You're listening to The Fantasy Freestyle On the Fantasy Sports Radio Network And of course Sports byline affiliates American Forces Radio Network you know what it is it's your boy Dane Martinez you're listening live to the fantasy freestyle here on the fantasy sports radio network I got my boy Donnie Burns with me on the ones and two so hot that we sweat steam and I'm really excited right now to go back to uh, Thomas Lowe the licensed certified board uh, the athletic trainer we had him in on a uh, football season Talking about the concussion protocol, some, talking about some of the pain management medication, and it was really insightful. So now what we do is we welcome him back to the show. We get into some things that have been coming up on Fantasy now. Freestyle um, here at the beginning of uh, baseball season. So Donnie Burns, let's uh, kick it off. This is part one of my interview with uh, certified athletic trainer Thomas Lowe. Now we welcome back to the show, Fantasy Freestyle, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, uh, athletic trainer Thomas Lowe. Remember, he came on the show before in the football season, giving us insight into the concussion protocol and also some of the uh, dangers around the pain medications that we were seeing in the NFL. Um, welcome back to the show, Thomas. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Dane. Thank you. Good to hear you again. All right, all right. So, listen, as we shift to baseball, there's been a couple of things that we've been talking about here in the Fantasy Freestyle, and I thought, what better way than to get a real explanation we really enjoyed the way you kind of broke down things like the concussion protocol and why the need for sometimes the, uh, the cold, dark, quiet room to do evaluations and things like that last time. So, one thing I want to, one thing I want to ask you about, we have seen... In the start of the baseball season, we have seen a rash of hamstring injuries. And I'm wondering, is this natural at the start of a season? And, you know, my natural reaction is to think like, oh, the weather is still cold. They're not, you know, completely stretched out or warmed up yet as they would be mid-season. Does that kind of argument hold water, in your opinion? Or might there be some other factors we're not seeing? Or is this anomaly
0: we're seeing? Some of it might be the reporting, and, and if, there, if there's a report on it, uh, as far as the cold going, that's never going to help an athlete as far as making the tissues more extensible, but typically getting injuries early in the season are about accommodation injuries. Uh, simply stated, too much, too hard, too soon, where they're either not used to the frequency of the workout, the intensity, maybe their off-season protocol, what they were doing doing wasn't the what the coach has given them. Uh, the duration, maybe they were working out hard, but weren't going as long. Maybe they now have two, two-a-day practices, three days, uh, depending on what the you know, governing body allows them to do. And then the type that they do. A coach may actually find a new, excellent you know, training uh, regimen, exercise, but it's brand new to this athlete. And so since his body isn't used to moving in that way, he's not accommodated to, to that dynamic and can get hurt from that. So it's something that's very good, very good intention. Still needs a gradual time to progress into it. So uh, it takes about four to six weeks for the tissue strength, the tensile strength of the tendons, the tendons, the muscles, the, the, the muscle fibers to build up and ready to play.
1: Interesting. Thomas, one thing that you said there that I really never considered before is even if you're used to you know being in great shape and, 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 and working out, that maybe... Uh, If you go to another team and you're working with another team doctor or another team trainer You might have like a different system or a different regimen and that takes time for the body to adjust to as well
0: Exactly and and that's part of uh, training too is sometimes you've got to get used to stuff We get used to a routine and it gets more familiar and then we quit making advances and changes But as we shake it up and, and either change the intensity uh, or the dynamic of it, then yes, it starts to wake up the body. And same thing with the, a new drill; And it may be excellent, but you need the time uh, to work into it. You can't you can't play into shape anymore. Before the old guys, old school, that could come in the season right. play in shape. That's ar- That's archaic. You'll get hurt now.
1: Okay, okay, that's really interesting. So one of the other things that I think is really interesting, you know, in football, when we had you on last time, concussions was obviously a hot topic. And in football, you see injuries like ACLs and concussions. In baseball, one of the um, most notorious injuries is with... um, Pitchers and pitchers are having Tommy John surgery recently, which is um, a, a procedure that obviously was made famous with Yankees pitcher Tommy John having the procedure to repair. You know, it's almost like the ACL of the elbow, almost right? The UCL. And and can you describe kind of maybe that injury because this is becoming so prevalent now in Major League Baseball. It's almost my theory is that we are simply pushing the boundaries of human performance. What these ligaments can. Do do at max effort with these hundred mile hour velocities and we're just going to continue to see this can you explain to us like how this surgery was even conceived and also um, you know is this just going to happen or are there things we can pr- try to do to prevent this
0: well like, like you had inquired before about them trying the platelets as far as the surgical procedure the nuances of that would be better left for the, the team surgeon as far as what they're doing Uh, And trying to tighten up the capsule as far as trying to basically sew the laxities back up because as you tend to um, Put more and more repetitions on you're going to tend to lose the the protective factors of the tendons and the ligaments It's not just the ligaments. It's also the tendons. Okay, and so basically all of that is what's going to contain the elbow or, or shoulder or knee is that capsule and so they can go in and they can these capsules and they can tighten it, sew things up tighter because they'll start to get more and more torn. You get micro tears.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I, I think you were inquiring about what else could be done
1: one of the things we're seeing now, Thomas, is this evolution. Instead of the Tommy John surgery, players are opting for different method, methods, right? And one of the things that are happening is this idea of the blood spinning, you know, or the platelet-rich injections. Can, now, this sounds crazy. I, I think it's about like different elements or pieces of the blood and the healing powers of the blood. Can you tell us a little bit more about this kind of
2: procedure?
0: Yeah, it's, it's not really that crazy, but it is New Year. Um, it, was, it was being done a lot in Europe, um, again, a lot of explosive, you know, the soccer, as they call it, football, mm-hmm. and a lot of tendinopathies, and so they do take a long time. These tendin injuries, they can, they can take a really long time, and it can be uh ending it can be seasoned, and so finding a way to uh, optimize, it. this isn't about performance-enhancing drugs, but everybody's worried about steroids. And, and cheating performance enhancement. This is not performance enhancement. This would be performance recovery. Uh, okay. You know, trying to optimize recovery so you can get back to normal and, and play with the pain and be functional. So platelets, these cause healing uh, at, at a site. And so when they do surgeries, it's not uncommon for them to actually rough up, inflame, actually cause some bleeding. They will actually bolt some bleeding in the injury site uh, to have that that blood, the blood products, actually promote the healing and recovery. So what the, the blood spinning is taking the platelets to help promote that healing of clotting at the site. And I'm actually seeing some of my preferred providers, my team physicians, are using it even at the high school level to help them recover. For example, things like the ligaments in the knee, not just the elbow. So I've just seen it used in the knee. I haven't had mine that on our kids here in the elbow yet. Um, So it's going to be promising to see what happens because most of the research is still anecdotal. The Mm -hmm. research hasn't caught up to the practice yet. In Europe, it seemed to be more standard uh, practice. And here, we're a little more conservative because everything's litigious. So if my neighbor's not doing it, should I be doing it? And when more people start doing it, then we start to get more comfortable and feel more safe with it.
1: Right. Everyone is a little bit afraid of setting that precedent and being that first lawsuit, unfortunately, right?
0: Yeah, and there's some that are still holding back and saying, you know, I'll continue to test it, but I'm not going to use it on a regular clinical basis. Um, so some, you know, people are saying, okay, this seems like a case that we can use it in, and it, it won't hurt. There right. isn't much that I'm seeing as far as these injections hurting them, unless you're doing the injection wrong. Uh, they really, from what I understand, should be put in with ultrasound. So if somebody's doing without ultrasound, it really comes down to how, you um, how precise your surgeon is as an anatomist and getting in getting the, in the right spot because placing it, uh, any injection, cortisone or otherwise, in the wrong spot is, is not going to serve them well.
1: Right. And so can you talk me through a little bit, let's say I'm, I'm a patient or I'm an athlete, what is this actually, is this happening during the course of a surgery or are these injections, can they be just happening, um, you know, outside of that for, for for maintenance and recovery and restoration? No, no I... I
0: my experience is outside of surgery. Okay. So they take some of their blood. So you got to think it's also got to be a facility where they have the ability to draw the blood. And then it's basically put in a, a, a centrifuge. A centrifuge. It, it, it's, not, it's not real large equipment, but kind of think along the lines of small-scale transfusion. So you got to pull some of that blood out, spin it down, and then they you know load that up and inject that in at the site. So it's not... Like, it's not like blood doping in the day where they were using, injecting red blood cells to carry more oxygen so you can, you know, uh, win. It's just basically taking your own platelet and injecting it into a site to optimize healing. So there's no enhancement of performance. It's just supposed to help recovery. And uh, I, the, the case that I just saw recently where it was done, the athletes seemed to recover much faster with the types of injury, the MCL injury. Uh, that medial collateral seems to heal a whole lot faster and actually got back in and finished the season. Whereas it was usually, even if it wasn't completely ruptured, was something that was going to be bothersome for the rest of the season, if not ending.
1: Wow. So I got to ask you, Thomas, when they do that in the centrifuge, right, what happens to the other parts of the blood, the the other parts besides the platelets? Where does the bad blood go?
0: Well, they're just gonna they're they're gonna discard that. They're, <laughs> okay. they're just gonna take the yeah. Because when you centrifuge it, basically, uh, according to the density, things are gonna separate out, and then they can utilize just the portions that they're gonna want for the uh, procedure.
1: You are now officially a friend of the Fantasy Freestyle, coming on twice. Can we uh reach out well, to you a little bit uh, again, maybe later on in the season?
0: Yeah, yeah. Call me back. Let me know. Thanks for including me.
1: So there you have it. That's our first part of my time with uh, Thomas Lowe. And Donnie, between the idea of like uh, players, athletes moving to new teams, having to get ready for a different like stretching and training regimen, that may be early on stuff to blame, too, with people moving to new teams, not used to the regimen that they're getting, you know, being stretched out in the uh, in the same way. I thought that was pretty interesting.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool, and I'm glad they have people in a lot of these organizations that are like Thomas Lowe, that really do care, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very clear, and it shines through when he talks. But uh, tomorrow or later in the week, we're going to play part two in Tom, uh, of the interview with Thomas Lowe. And Donnie, i got to tell you, I asked him about the uh, measuring the urine density.
2: Oh, that's our favorite one on the Fantasy yeah, freeze. You
1: know how we do. So I asked him about measuring the urine density. We're going to hear a little bit more about that later on this week. But uh, what I want to tell you is not only are we giving you the edge here, in injuries with our boy Thomas Lowe, but Roto Experts is holding you down with the exclusive edge in-season fantasy baseball package. It's your ultimate bench coach for the 2017 season. Stay ahead of the pack with our in-depth statistical breakdowns and trend analysis and player insights. You can become a waiver wizard and learn how to scan the numbers like a Roto scientist. We help you set the ideal lineups every week, and this season, you get a built-in fantasy training staff with our new injury advisor powered by InsideInjuries.com. Get the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge in-season Fantasy baseball package now and start soaring to the top of the standings. Enter promo code Free Radio at checkout for a special discount. Okay, so there you have it. You could uh, you know, get those get those player files. You could get inside injuries. You could always listen to the fantasy freestyle with Speeds the spitting statistician will hold you down so you win your leagues and win that cash. When we come back, we only have a couple more minutes between before now on uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy First Look will be coming up next with uh, Joe Galena, Frankie Stanley. And for Florio, when we come back, me and my boy Donnie Burns, we're going to tie a nice, neat little bow on this one. We'll check on on the poll questions. What team are you most concerned about so far? We'll go around the league real quick, update the scores. In the NHL, we got two games at the end of the first period. The Cleveland Cavaliers, John, I think they may have heard you because they're blowing the roof off right now. All that, and we'll also find out if, uh, if Donnie likes, uh, you know, kids in wheelchairs or returning veterans better all that and more i'm your boy dane martinez on the fantasy freestyle come on right back It is. It's your boy Dane Martinez, aka Speeds the and statistician. You're listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And Donnie, I gotta come back. We only got a couple minutes until Fantasy First Look comes your way. I want to know from you which do you think is sweeter in these spring football games: the kid in the wheelchair that nobody can tackle that scores the touchdown, or when someone's dressed up a returning serviceman, dressed up with their little helmet and their pads, and they and, and you know the family then realizes that daddy's home, which was more. T- Touching to you.
2: I'm gonna to have to go with the army uh, thing, having like the father, the I brother, see. and the reason why I have to pick this is I have a lot of I have two or three friends that are in the Marines, so that kind of hits home when you see that. You, uh, I mean, me myself, I tear up when I see that kind of stuff, and I'm not an emotional guy.
1: I feel you. I, th- I also think, Donnie, you may be pandering to our American Forces Radio Network viewers so, and listeners. So I want to say big shout out to them, and of course to all our sports byline affiliates. Big shout out to uh, 960 AM KNEB in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. Holler at your boy it was the Nebraska Spring game where uh you know this guy came back from Afghanistan at the at the coin flip and really made his uh you know, made everybody very, very happy. Let's take a little bit of a look around the league right now. At the end of the first period, Ottawa Senators up on the Boston Bruins, 2-0 in that one. Capitals up on the Maple Leafs, 2-1. End of the first period in that one as well. And Donnie, I'm sorry to say, we both said that out of those four teams, relative to our expectations, we were most concerned about the Cleveland Cavaliers not playing any defense. Got lucky that Paul George did not be able to take another shot. He was hot, but uh, they are... Sp- Banking down the Indiana Pacers right now. Late in the second quarter, Cleveland Cavaliers are up by 11, 56-45. As they look to, despite all the ridiculousness, despite all the talk, LeBron and whatever it is, zero dark 30, not posting on social media, they're still going to look like they wind up going 2-0 and taking the early lead in this series. I will say this, right now, 37% of you think that the Boston Celtics are the team you're most concerned about. We'll see if Isaiah Thomas can bounce back. 25% of you say the Raptors, maybe the Greek Freak, my man Giannis I know Frankie Stanfield coming up next. He thinks the Greek Freak can do it. We'll find out uh, what else he thinks on Fantasy First Look. That's coming up next. That's it for me, though. Dane Martinez, Speeds the spitting Statistician. Come on back tomorrow. Fantasy Freestyle, Donnie Burns. We'll talk about playoffs. It'll be a big, good, fun time. Yeah, let's do it.
0: Aha. Thank you